Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I was joined by Alan of Invase Technologies, a really exciting transportation software brand. Invase are on a mission to bring together everything you need to gain visibility and control over your operations through a single streamlined system that digitizes the life cycle of a container. It's absolutely the future of the industry, and Alan told me all about it. We talked about why Invase are on this mission and how they're doing it, how simplicity is actually the key to growth, and exactly why the freight industry is so important for all of us right now. It was essential listening, so I hope you enjoyed it. But remember, if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com, on our YouTube channel, or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 311. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O.com today. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today, I'm joined by a tech-enabled, sustainably-focused logistics provider for local e-commerce shops as well as national brands. Any idea who it is? Well, I'll let you know after the poll of the week. So the question we asked you, what is the best Thanksgiving food? Well, after 581 votes, 37% of you said turkey, 34% of you said stuffing, 21% of you said pumpkin pie. Now, Alicia said tamales. Michael said all of the above. Christian said wine, which I'm sure most supply chainers are on board with. Christine, mashed potatoes. Jessica, buffalo chicken dip with tostitos. Man, that sounds good. Dustin says green bean casserole, and Danielle says hot chocolate. Bruce says anything but turkey, and we've got a few more for mashed potatoes, and Katie says my sister's broccoli bake. Well, if I haven't made you hungry yet, I'm sure you might be hungry (laughs) in just a minute thinking about all of those delicious 
holiday meals. So thank you so much to everybody who participated in our poll of the week. Remember, we ask a question every single Wednesday morning. And if you comment and engage on the post, then we will include you in an upcoming episode. So now back to today's podcast and which fast growing tech startup is joining me today? Well, it's Gobalt. Gobalt provides a technology driven, customer centric and sustainable approach to fulfillment, including reliable warehousing, pick and pack, shipping and last mile delivery. By operating as an extension of their customer's team, they are able to deliver best-in-class services every step of the way, ensuring faster, more cost-effective, and complete customer deliveries. Today, Mark, co-founder and CEO at Gobalt, joins me to chat all about the company and what they do, bringing sustainability to an industry notorious for its heavy impact on the environment that their recent Series B funding success, why logistics is broken, and their goal to reach carbon-negative deliveries by the end of 2023. But before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Mark. Mark co-founded Gobalt, formerly Bolt Logistics out of the University of Toronto, where he obtained his Bachelor of Commerce. He was also selected to participate in the Creative Destruction Lab as part of the MBA program, an incubator slash accelerator focused on scaling disruptive businesses. Prior to founding Gobalt, Mark worked in various roles spanning investment banking, assurance, and management consulting. So welcome to the show, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sarah. I am so excited to have you here. I mean, we are both fellow Canadians. We are, yeah. And come across that. Yeah, and I don't get to interview a lot of Canadian companies in this space. And so I'm really excited to do a deep dive into what Gobalt is all about. So let's start with the founder journey. Sure. How did Gobalt come about? Was it, you know, did it go from the journey of a napkin into this like big idea, now this hugely successful company? And how did you come up with the name? Yeah, uh, so it's it's a good question. We we actually started off as a totally different type of business. We were a valley storage company where we were offering consumer storage services to people like you and me. So uh, what that meant was that we had a ton of warehouses, trucks and people. Um, particularly movers that would go into people's homes, pick up their stuff, bring okay. it to storage, and bring mm-hmm. it back. Um, we like would plaster the TTC, which is like the Toronto uh, subway and, and transit system, uh, with ads. We had bright yellow ads. That was our branding. Um, our catchphrase was "store a lot for not a lot," and storage started at three bucks a month. So you could store a file box for three bucks. We'd come pick it up for free and then bring it back to you whenever wow. you wanted. Wow, um, that's great. And so, you know, we did that for about a year and a half straight, and we had grown to Toronto. Uh, Vancouver, Montreal, and Ottawa. Okay. And uh, we had about five warehouses. So we kept kind of scaling and scaling because um, we couldn't service geographies where we didn't exist. That's true. And what it essentially then kind of created was um, this like infrastructure of logistics uh, for, for consumers that was scaled and robust. Um, and we started to get hacked uh, by businesses to actually store their physical retail goods okay. and move it around. So mm-hmm. before we knew it, we were acting more like a um, logistics business than we thought. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my co-founder, Heinrich, and I basically said, let's just build software for businesses. Nice. They use this way more. It's way more reliable. And we thought that we would be able to actually help people add value to their lives on the consumer mm-hmm. side. But people ended up just storing stuff for like extenuated like periods of time. And yeah. we weren't adding as much value as we thought we would. So okay. we thought, let's like shake it up a bit and do something different. So we took our infrastructure, took our technology, 
and we started to just become more of a traditional third-party logistics provider, and that's nice. how we got to where we are today. Nice. I love that story. I always love to find out, you know, how businesses come about, and you kind of fell into logistics like the rest of us. Yeah, it's not. I don't think people wake up and dream about starting like a warehousing and, and trucking business. <laughs> right. um, we we certainly didn't. I mean. When we actually started the consumer storage company, it was meant to just be like a side hustle that we would do for mm -hmm. a few months right. to make some extra money before we started full time. Um, I was supposed to go into management consulting. My co-founder Hunter was supposed to be a product manager of the health tech company. So we basically printed off $500 worth of Vistaprint business cards. Okay. We broke into uh, dorm <laughs> buildings and then put these business cards underneath dorm room doors. Okay. Um, we put flyers in front of urinals and inside of bathroom stalls. We were needing wow. a captive audience. Okay. So it's just the right amount of illicit activity to get yeah, yeah, really yeah. good growth. Um, and that 500 bucks turned into 20,000 of monthly recurring revenue within two wow. weeks. And so um, at the same time we were meeting this investor and it was a very serendipitous timing because he asked us, how much would you need to start this full time and just quit your jobs that you haven't started yet? Um, we said 250,000. He said, I think you're gonna need more. Here's 500,000. Um, nice. And probably a good good call because we, we needed the 500,000. Um, so he took it as crystal ball and, and we thank him for it later, but um, we've been growing ever since. Amazing. Now, yeah. this is not a typical founder story. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But I love to hear that, right? Yeah. Because now we know the art of possible. Yeah. And a lot of times we're seeing startups that are coming up in supply chain. And sure. it's great to really get an idea of where people have started. That's why I like to share my story and I like to hear about founder's story. Now, yeah. let's get into Gobalt yeah. because I want to know exactly what you do. So walk sure. us through what that is. You talked about technology. You talked about 3PL. Walk us through what you do. Yeah. So um, Gobalt now operates in 10 cities. We have 15 sites. Uh, we operate our own fleet of five-ton trucks parcel vans and even sedans uh, okay. at this rate for smaller packages. All right. Um, we do everything from big and bulky, think like sofas, home fitness equipment. Um, we deliver those to like the threshold, room of choice. We do white glove setups. Um, okay. You know, we, we drill home fitness equipment into walls. We wow. like set up bed frames. We set up okay. like marble uh, top tables, like the full kind of kit and caboodle. Um, all the way to small parcel fulfillment, pick, pack and ship um, and last mile delivery across our network. So. Um, Essentially, what we're trying to create is like a unified platform for every single um, logistics requirement for a scaling brand or a scaled brand. Right. Um, and that's where we fit into the into the wheel. I love that. Well, when I was doing research for this episode on your website, and I'm going to quote this: "We are the only thing between you and your customers." Tell us what exactly that means, and why is that yeah. so important? Well, especially as like business have gone more um, like digitally like first or digital first from a, an acquisition approach and you know cash and carry hasn't been as prevalent, particularly over COVID. Right. We're seeing that bounce back a little bit, but still there's a lot of natively born businesses that would never actually touch their products or interact with their customer right. like true. directly. And so yeah. in many ways, we were the only thing that was showing up as a for an online brand. And so what, what did you want? You wanted a, a seamless experience that was tech first, that was cordial, seamless but reliable and so um you know we, we take that really seriously all of our software is built in-house uh Hendrix, our co-founder we've been building it from scratch for, for the past five and a half years nice. um our entire team our t4 w2 employees i recently learned w2 that's the t4 equivalent it is the US. yep um, <laughs> i've been learning that too <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 uh i need to switch to w2 and change the converter um and so you know we take that seriously because in many ways, like we were the one thing that will help influence whether you repurchase from a business or not. And at the yes. end of every single delivery, we ask, based on your delivery experience, how likely would you be to repurchase from this brand? And our NPS is extremely high. We're scoring in the 80s 
uh, on an NPS level for that for, for our merchants. We're typically in the last mile space, you see NPS is in the low teens. Yeah. Um, to be in the, the 80s is, is, I think, an incredible feat. So um, we think we've got something. And we That's think, amazing. Uh, we think we're going to keep working on it. Right so what's NPS? Uh, Net Promoter Score. So okay. basically, someone rates you at a 10, you take your 9 and 10%, you subtract the, the folks that rated you 6 and below. So it's a pretty like aggressive metric. It's it's more aggressive than like customer satisfaction, which is just okay. like a percent overall. Yeah. Average NPS is a, a bit more um, punitive, if you will, to like negative experiences. Um, and so that's what we track to try to keep ourselves held to a high bar. Yeah, and eighty percent is huge. Well done. Yeah, yeah. For logistics, it's it's really it's big challenging. number. So yeah. So talk to us about your technology because you keep mentioning that part of the business. Sure. Uh, talk to us about how that helps your customers and what exactly the technology enables them to do. That's a great question. So, um, so from the moment of like integration, which we own this integration engine, uh, that flows orders into our OMS, uh, that pipes it properly across our network of 15 sites uh, okay. today. Um, so we know what method of shipment we should use, whether it should be truck, parcel, or third party. Um, you know, we'll, we'll select the most optimal from a cost and service uh, level. Yeah. Um, we then move that into our TMS if it's going into our transport service. That TMS will capture like photo proof of delivery, give us real time uh, feedback to the to the customer, and we've natively built this real time truck tracker where once we route nice. uh, a route, it'll tell the customer a minute prediction of when we'll arrive. So let's say you've got we're doing twenty truck level deliveries of furniture. Uh, when we wrote it, uh, you know, last night at 7 p.m., you'll get a real-time tracking link pushed to your phone. Okay. And you'll be able Love to track that. where you are in sequence, and you'll see a prediction of when we'll arrive. So what we really want to do is unshackle the customer from their day of delivery. Right. Where typically you get, like, this massive window of time, mm -hmm. and you have to kind of stay home because you're worried that they're not going to show up. And you're yes. kind of always peeping outside. Um, gone are those days, and now you can just kind of go about your day and just come back right when you need to be, and uh, it adds a yeah. lot more convenience. And real-time alerts, which is what everybody is looking for. So instead yeah. of looking out the window, you're looking at your phone constantly. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> but it. it'll beep and it'll let you know, right? Yeah, which I exactly. think is amazing. So what states are you uh, available in? Yeah. And talk to us about your competitors. How do you differentiate yeah, yourself? Sure. Yeah, so um, starting with Canada, the north, uh, we're in Toronto. Ottawa, Montreal, Calgary, and Vancouver. Okay. Um, we do e-commerce fulfillment and last mile logistics out of all of those sites. Mm -hmm. um, in the U.S., we're in uh, New York, uh, L.A., Houston, Atlanta, and Miami. Okay. Um, and we do e-commerce fulfillment and last mile logistics at all those. Of course, we can like store product in one of those markets and ship to other states. Yeah. Uh, we would just be using a third-party partner to like actually okay. get it somewhere else. But so you have a partner network. You got it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. And how do you differentiate yourself from the competition? Yeah. So I mean, when you think of like a typical warehousing provider, you'll have a warehouse. You'll have maybe multiple courier partners. Yeah. You'll have some LTL partners. Uh, you'll have freight forwarders, etc. We work to actually be that like one-stop shop across all those gamuts okay. for you, and then mm -hmm. manage the rest. So you have one back to pat. We used to say one throat to choke, but that's a negative okay. connotation. Yeah. One of our clients said you should say one back to pad, and so we've, we've changed our narrative a little bit. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, you have one one responsible party to help support your logistics end to end. What we found for enterprise brands and folks that are scaling quickly is that the last thing they want to invest in is logistics. They view it as a cost right. center. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's expensive and hard to get it right. But it's an investment. It's a huge investment for sure. Like, it, I mean, for all the reasons that we spoke about. It is the one thing that touches your customer every single time. And every time. Reliability or lack thereof in your supply chain can make or break your brand. And so, um, you know, notwithstanding that, we still feel a responsibility to invest appropriately and help take that off 
the shoulders of our, our merchants. And so um, that's why we show up and why we try to do as much as possible. For yeah. Them. And I can just see like a sigh of relief for all of your customers saying, you're going to handle that? Okay, yeah, here you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, you're from logistics, so you get it. Like things, yeah. things go wrong and it's really like how quickly you bounce back from it that matters. And communication. You got it. Yeah. Right? So having a first party team through and through, Slack instances with a lot of our major customers, direct contact every single associate in our in our business. Nice. Um, it allows for speed of execution, speed of resolution. I love that. What about reverse logistics? Now yeah. that is one thing that I think a lot of organizations struggle with. How sure. do you support your clients with the, re the reverse logistics component? It, it's actually, that was our very first business line. So we okay. were doing reverse logistics, is, uh, logistics for um, online uh, mattress and box companies. Okay. So um, there's a really major brand uh, in Canada um, that like blew up and was doing like 60,000 orders uh, a year. This is like early days. They're now doing that like monthly. Right. And there's always like a five to 10% return rate with, with those. Yeah. And so uh, because we were already going into consumers' homes and picking up their storage stuff, yeah. um, it was a really natural rhythm to start doing reverse logistics for okay. mattresses and like bigger bulk nice. furniture product. Yeah. So um, that was our very first brush with it. So we can basically take product back um, have it reboxed, have it moved to recycling facilities, donation facilities. We never put things into landfill. Um, we always try to like, you know, re recycle it or have it go yeah. uh, to a different like end of life protocol. Yeah. Um, and then on the e-commerce side for some of our electronics companies, we like plug into like devices that like erase all the hard drives so that we can like responsibly resell them. Oh, really? Um, we can repack, we can like manage nice. it. So it's very bespoke, I would say on the reload yeah. side. Probably because we want to do our part to help make sure that product can get resold and rebagged properly. Yeah. And whether it's sold as like refurbished or it's sold as like brand new quality, yeah. um, we want to make sure it's not getting disposed of. And so yeah. uh, we try to make sure that we show up there for our Well, business. and it's such an important piece, right? Because yeah. when you're a supply chain professional, you have so many things to think about, right? Supply yeah. chain goes from sourcing all the way to the last mile, including the reverse yeah. logistics. You got it. And there's so many things that you want to do, you've got ESG goals that you need to meet, but you need the right partners and right. you need to be able to collaborate with the right partners yeah. to help you hit those goals yeah. and to make sure that your supply chain is responsible. And I think that that's amazing that yeah. they can rely on somebody like a Gobalt yeah. to really take that product and make sure it gets resold and doesn't end up in a landfill. Sure. Yeah, you right? I think that that's great. So let's talk about onboarding and implementation because sure. you've talked about technology. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when we talk about technology and, you know, obviously looking at new partners, there's an onboarding, there's an implementation sure. process. What does that look like? Is it pretty easy? Is it something that takes a little while? What does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think like most partners that, that are more digitally uh, and technology first, um, we have a number of out-of-the-box integrations that's like two-click integrated. Okay. So uh, those, are, those, are, those are quick and easy, <laughs> uh, like the Shopify's, the WooCommerce's, right. um, the Scubanas of the world. Um, and then we have an API uh, system and we have the ability to take in EDIs and so on. So integrations can be like two minutes uh, from a tech perspective to two weeks. It okay. comes out to the complexity. The goal though is to set the software up so that it scales for us and that that's the least of our worries once we go live. So I think like typically, you know, gone are the days of like two to six month implementations. Mm -hmm. um, the technology side is relatively quick. We want to make sure that we have nice. that like um, buttoned down. Uh, and then from there, it's the operational design for a lot of our enterprise brands. Okay. But end to end, like I said, it could be a day, it could be two weeks, but we're usually within that. that window. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, two weeks is pretty good, even yeah. on the top end, right? Yeah. yeah. So if I'm sitting in the audience yeah. and, you know, I really like what you're saying and I want to potentially partner with Gobalt, what do I need to look like as an ideal client? Is there a geography? Is there a size? Is there a product, industry, that kind of thing? Walk me through that. Yeah, no, it's a good question. So 
like part of our vision is to enable commerce by making logistics easy. Like there's a ton of investment on the yes. like e-commerce front end, yeah. one-click checkouts that make the purchase experience really pleasant, but then it sort of cliffs off and mm -hmm. it really kind of starkly contrasts the logistics yeah. side of it. So what we've been endeavoring to do is for scaling brands or enterprise brands, so fast growth rate where you know we can really throw our weight behind you or you're already of a scaled level, uh, where we can invest heavily uh, against that account, yeah. um, show up and create a supply chain design that will kind of meet some goals, whether it's sustainability goals, whether it's um, you know uh, ship promise date, mm -hmm. speed to delivery, those types of objectives. Yeah. So, you know, um, ideal customer profile isn't necessarily product size. We're, we're product agnostic. We do the big okay. and bulky. We do the small product. We do both That's really well when know. it's conjoined. Yeah. Um, so we're not like really kind of fit that way. We're more so. Um, growth rate, scale, et cetera, because we've got you know our 10 sites operational. We want to leverage that network. We want to really drive like meaningful, positive logistics experiences. So yeah. I would say that's more so what we look for in an ICP versus like product type, et cetera. We okay. work with beauty companies, apparel companies, furniture companies, home fitness equipment companies. Like we've nice. got a, a whole medley of, of brands and businesses. Like I love that. Yeah. And you mentioned sustainability. We yeah. probably should talk about this because yeah. you guys are talking about how carbon offset isn't the only way. So walk us through that part of it. I mean, yeah. you have the recycling program, which is amazing, yeah. and that could be in addition to some of that carbon offset. Because sure. a lot of companies are focusing on the carbon part of supply chain. Yeah. So talk to us about your intentionality around sustainability. Yeah, yeah so there's, there's carbon neutral, net zero, and carbon negative. So there's actually like really three spices uh, right. to life in the sustainability yeah, world. Yeah. And a lot of folks, two thirds of retailers are, are just gonna throw money at the problem. They're gonna say, we're just gonna buy carbon offsets. Right. Which is, mm -hmm. we're gonna emit a kilogram of CO2 and then we're gonna plant a tree or two that will right. then offset that over time. And the problem with that is that there's only 500 million hectares of like reforestable area in the world. Okay. And Shell, as an example, has already committed to planting a tenth of that. Okay. So there's not gonna be that much land to go around to be able to offset. for reforestation. Right, and so, right, right. you know, we actually need to do our part to become net zero as quickly as possible. Yeah. And, you know, that's really the intersection of moving towards EV fleet. Like when you think of like the 24 contributors of like major emitters in the supply chain, it's last mile. Yeah. It's where the most cost goes, it's where the highest touch is, it's where the most inefficient movement of goods yeah. lives. And so that's really where we need to focus. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, what we're trying to do is move fully electric or truck fleet. Okay. So by nice. the end of this year, we'll have nearly 200 vehicles that are on the road operational, nice. fully electric. Yeah. Um, end of next year, we want to be 95% plus fully EV delivery nice. um, for a last mile. You know, the thing with EVs is that they have a confined range. You have about okay. 200 miles do, per, yeah. per charge. Um, and we do one charge per day. So, you know, we'll always have like secondary market areas mm -hmm. that are going to be through ICE vehicles for now. Okay. But we'll fully sequester that carbon. So it doesn't mean that we're just offsetting it. We're going to actually pull carbon from the atmosphere. But okay. for us as a business, our actual quality of sustainability is measured by how many net zero deliveries as a percent of overall deliveries right. are we doing. We want that to be as close to 100%. Amazing. Yeah. I love that you're being so intentional about what you're doing and how you can help your clients as yeah. well as hit your sustainability goals, you right? It. I think it's a matter of us all collaborating, partnering, and figuring out how we can get there together. Totally. And I think that that's amazing. So now we're coming to my favorite part of the interview because I want to know, um, I want you to paint me a picture yeah. of how a customer has utilized your services sure. and what the ROI and benefit, right? Yeah. So what was the challenge they came to you with? What was the solution that you provided? And then what was the ROI and benefit? If you've got stats and numbers, we always love those sure. too. Yeah, so I'll, I'll use a, um, a furniture brand that we, we had the pleasure of working with and, and scaling with across North America. 
Um, we started working with them in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a last mile pilot in Toronto. So okay. they had a um, less than acceptable last mile experience before we uh, partnered, um, like high damage rates, um, you know, high, high um, kind of customer feedback, negative right. uh, rate. When we turned up, we said, okay, let's do a pilot for a month and let's measure our results. Yep. So we did the pilot, we did a small amount of deliveries, we measured our results, and we got like a 9.8 out of 10 uh, from a feedback what? perspective. And nice. so they're like, okay, this is like pretty good, but like, yeah. let's just do a little bit more like fact this finding. This is pretty good. Uh, yeah, let's do some more <laughs> fact finding here. Like, much better than the 20 out of, like, 20 right. out of 100 that we were getting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did about 15,000 in revenue with them in, in that year. Um, so it was relatively small. Uh, the next year, we had grown to do all their last mile in Toronto. Yeah. We'd started warehousing for them in Vancouver. That account grew to about $4 million. Um, wow. Then we started to warehouse it for them in Toronto. And now we warehouse for them across six markets. Okay. Um, and it's about a $30 million account for us. So it's scaled like, nice. quite quickly over the past two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. And so I think what was really great there is we started doing last mile logistics. Then we took them on to fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Then we took them on mid-mile. Then we took them on distributed network fulfillment across a multi-node system. Um, and we started doing like their swatch fulfillment. So like we throw in a couch and you want to get fabric samples, we oh, pick, pack, and ship that as well. Yes, because so that's really hard too. Totally. Yeah? So it's a combination of like big and bulky swatches, replacement parts, mid-mile, last mile, and wow. everything in between. So um, we love that account because it's a really good kind of like leveraging of our skill set. Yeah. It works perfectly and integrates well with our technology. Yeah. Um, and those are the kind of examples and, and things I like we like to Well, and the growth. And it just show, goes to show like the 9.8 out of 10 that you were able to show just in a pilot in 30 days. Yeah. And how that company has scaled with you to really partner and collaborate. Yeah for both businesses to thrive, yeah, for right? Sure. Those are the stories that we love to hear. Yep. And the ROI and benefit to that is huge, totally. right? Because if they were having negative reviews and you can get negative reviews all over the place sure. from packaging yep. that I talked about the other day yep. to all sorts of reasons, you, got it. you know, that is lost customers you and you're helping them keep their customers. So that's awesome. So let's talk about the future. Sure. What can we expect to see from GoBalt in the future? Yeah, so it, as we continue to grow and expand, we're, we're hopeful of working on expanding to new geographies with our customers. So um, a lot of the time, the problem is that we're not everywhere all at once. And right. so, um, you know, we've got our 10 More markets. Cities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More cities faster tomorrow. Um, and so we're trying to methodically grow and make sure that as we scale, we keep a quality of service that you know we're yeah. proud of and that our, our merchants can rely on. So, you know, we're going to keep going deep in our 10 markets. We're going to keep expanding geographically. Um, we're going to fully electrify our fleet. Our goals are to fully electrify our mid-mile, nice. which is like the next big frontier. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, that is. We, we've got some interesting product diversification things that we can chat about in future. But okay. um, yeah, we're going to just do a lot more of the same, but a lot more kind of pushing the envelope on sustainability. Nice. I can't wait to see, and I can't wait for you to come back yeah. and tell us about it. Yeah, we'd love to. So if the audience wants to get in touch with you and learn more, where do they go to do that? Yeah, so you can go to gobolt.com, G-O-B-O-L-T.com, and uh, hit us up there. I'm super active on, on, on my LinkedIn emails as of late, so good. you can also reach out to me personally over LinkedIn, but um, our website's a good place to start. So Gobalt is revolutionizing the last mile in supply chain right now on a variety of different levels. And so it was great to get an understanding of how they do that and how you help your customers and so, so much more. So I want to say thank you to Mark yeah. and the team over at Gobalt for joining us today on the show. Awesome. Thanks, sir. Appreciate having me. 
Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com or even our YouTube page to check out the latest. And if you have a supply chain challenge, we have most likely had the solution to that challenge on our show. That's right. Each and every episode is dedicated to businesses within supply chain and how they solve complex supply chain challenges. So you can find out if you're their ideal client, how they help their customers, and what their founder story actually is. And so if you head over to letstalksupplychain.com, put in the keyword in the search function, that content will come up and you'll be able to listen to see who is out there to help you. And remember to come back next week, the very last week of 2022. Can you believe it? Where I'll be joined by Hunter Bell of Lean Solutions. Lean Solutions Group is a service provider that focuses on expanding, enhancing your business with a wide range of services from staffing and technology to marketing and sales. I'm really excited to catch up and hear all about what's changed because Lean Solutions was on the show back at the beginning of 2021. Plus, next week's episode with Lean is the final interview that we filmed back in the summer at Home Delivery World, which was an absolute blast. So make sure to tune in for that one. If you enjoy the show, there's plenty of ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter on letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. Plus, Ships is an intelligent marketplace connecting shippers with the world's best service providers. Freight forwarders, 3PLs, and NVOCCs. Communicate and share information throughout the quoting process while easily and securely comparing features, value, and prices. Save time, effort, and money as you book, track, and manage your freight and cargo shipments. Start your journey on SHIPS, that's S-H-I-P-Z or Z.com today. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, go and rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts great week everyone thanks for listening and remember ship happens